you go to your gynecologist and they just treat the symptom. It's like, here, we got 15 minutes. Let's give you an antidepressant for your mood. Let's give you an ablation or hysterectomy for your period problem. And it's just trying to get rid of those symptoms. But that estrogen dominance is continuing in the background and you're not realizing it. And that's feeding breast tissue and increasing your risk of breast cancer and everything else. And so I feel like conventional gynecology is not only failing women, but we're harming women. We're contributing to the problem and it's time to wake up. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below. It's a little red button, you punch that, and it's gonna notify you every time we put out a new episode that can help you improve your bone health. And then also, if you haven't done so already, head over to bonecoach.com, sign up for the free seven-day osteoporosis kickstart. That's gonna walk you through everything you need to be doing right now to get on the path to improvement and stronger bones. After you do those two things, go ahead and press play on this episode, and I'll see you inside. Welcome, welcome to this episode of The Bone Coach Show. Joining us today to explore functional gynecology and hormone imbalances, Dr. Tabitha Barber. Uh, she's devoted her life to giving women a voice and a choice when it comes to their health and well-being. As a young girl, she struggled with self-esteem and identity issues, dealt with peer pressure, and survived the ridicule and stigma of becoming a teen teenage mother. As she shared in her first published book titled From White Trash to White Coat, The Birth of Catherine's Purpose, those events led Tabitha to finding her purpose in life. With perseverance and grace, she was able to redirect her path in life and become a successful physician. Dr. Tabitha Barber is a triple board certified in obstetrics and gynecology, menopause, and functional medicine. She has the unique situation of being licensed to practice medicine in over half the country, so you now have the ability to work with a functional physician virtually. She's the host of the Gutsy Gynecologist Show, formerly the Gutsy uh, Functional Gynecologist podcast, where she shares her wisdom and knowledge with women everywhere to reclaim their health. She's also a keynote speaker, mentor, wife, mom, and grandma. By incorporating functional medicine into her women's health practice, she is able to provide women with the tools they need to optimize their health and happiness, which in turn allows these women to pursue their purpose in life. Dr. Tabitha, it, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Kevin. Well, let's let's get into. I, I actually want to start with a little bit more of a your background, your story, how you how you came to be uh, where you're at today. I'd love to know. Oh my goodness, I definitely did not have the normal path to becoming a physician. I was a bit of a wild child. I didn't really like authority or rules. I did whatever I wanted. I was going to be a rock star when I grew up. I was going to marry Tommy Lee. Thank God none of that happened, <laughs> right? Um, but I got pregnant in 11th grade and it completely changed my whole life. And I had a very tough pregnancy. I was assigned a doctor because I was on Medicaid and food stamps. And he treated me like a second class citizen. Things were done to me. Nothing was explained. Um, and I came out of that experience, not only a woman, because I had started out as a child, but as a changed woman. And I realized that women don't have a voice and a choice in their bodies and in their health. And so I wanted to be that for women. And I figured it out. I got my crap together. I went back to school. I got a GED, went to a community college and realized that 
when you actually care about something and you put forth the effort, you could do whatever you want. You know, like I went from C's, D's and E's to all A's being on the Dean's list for two years and got into medical school. It's amazing, right? (laughs) When you believe in yourself and I had other people who believed in me. So that was really eye opening. It's like you ask for help. You have people believe in you and you believe in yourself. You can do anything like literally anything. And so that shifted my whole life. And my focus has been, you know, how can I help women take an active role in their health and be their own health advocate? And fast forward 10 years, Kevin, here I am in successful practice. I'm chief of staff of the hospital, chief of the department of obstetrics, like thinking I'm living my best life because I got my 401k and my salary and all this cush stuff. And I'm freaking miserable. I'm falling asleep at lunch between patients. I'm overweight. I'm exhausted. My memory is so terrible that I'm relying on my medical assistant to tell me my patients' names and what we did to them two days ago when we had seen them. And like, I was a disaster. And I realized I was broken in a broken system. You know, it, it was me. I had good intentions. I wanted to be an amazing doctor and help women, but I was stuck in a broken system and it broke me. So I did the unthinkable and I left, I left all that security, all that cushness, you know, and, and the scary part was I was leaving my patients and I felt like no one could take care of them the way I could. And they were going to be hung out to dry and no one to serve them. But I knew that there was a better way. And, you know, I finally figured it all out. And now I do help them. And I not only help them in the fact that I'm seeing them and I'm listening to them and I'm not dismissing them and telling them they're crazy, but I'm actually fixing the root cause of their issues and I'm not just giving them a band-aid. And so they're actually living their amazing best lives. They're not just prolonging their misery and stuff. So it's, it's a whole new world now. And you know, it was worth the struggle, but it's been quite the journey, you know, of me trying to save myself, trying to save my patients and myself again, now my patients. So I think life is just this constant journey of learning and evolving, right? And you have a really unique perspective, you know, somebody who's, you, you walk us, you were the chief of staff at the hospital, you know, doing all these things, help having so many patients, I would bet there are a lot of physicians right now in a very similar situation, right? Where they've, they're, they have good intentions, but you know, they were, they're broken in a broken model. Um, And it's unfortunate because sometimes that, that model, unless you get out of it, it's going to continue to perpetuate and and move forward. So uh, I love the progression of your story and how you became a functional gynecologist. Help me understand what is a functional gynecologist? Yeah. So when you go to your gynecologist, it's typically for an annual exam or because you have um, problems with your periods or your mood, you know, or you're pregnant, right? Those are the basic reasons you go to an OBGYN. Some people only go to them and don't have other doctors, but here's something that most people don't realize, Kev, 
gynecologists are actually surgeons. I spent four years learning how to cut people, how to remove organs and disease and do C-sections and vaginal deliveries and repair episiotomies and do procedures in the office for abnormal pap smears and IUDs. I'm not a hormone expert. I was not a hormone expert when I was a gynecologist. We are trained surgeons. We are not studying the endocrine system. We are not studying the intricacies of how the adrenals and the pancreas and the thyroid all affect your sex hormones or any of these things. I didn't learn any of that until I went on to study functional medicine. And so women don't realize that. They're going to a surgeon for a hormonal problem. And the surgeon, they have a couple tools in their toolbox. They can give you birth control pills, which are synthetic hormones that override your hormone system to shut down your hormone production and give you synthetic hormones. That is pretty much the quote unquote fix for everything in the world of gynecology. And when that fails, then you go to bigger interventions like endometrial ablations where actually burn the lining inside your uterus so it can't grow every month or we cut organs out so they just, you know, it's offending you, we cut it out. Same with the gallbladder, the ovaries, the appendix. If it's a problem, we remove it. And that we think is the solution. Unfortunately, what I've come to realize over the past couple decades is that just gives women new problems. And so- The biggest difference is a functional gynecologist is going to say, why are your periods heavy? Why are your periods irregular? Why do you have breast tenderness? Why are you depressed? You know, where are these hormone imbalances coming from? What is the root cause issues? And we're going to fix those instead of removing the organs that are just responding to your your body's physiologic responses. It's not that gallbladder's like to misbehave or thyroids like to stop working. It's that they are actually responding to something that your body is going through and they're giving you a warning signal. And so it's our job to listen to those signals or those symptoms from the body and figure out why they're sending them and fix that problem. And I will tell you, it is I loved being a surgeon. Like I was amazing. People came from all over. They wanted me as their surgeon. I was really good. I played with the robot. That's what I did. But I wasn't actually doing the right thing for the patient. You know, when people were getting fibroids or severe endometriosis or having heavy periods to the point where they were requiring blood transfusions, removing their uterus doesn't really fix the root cause issue. So they still have this underlying hormone imbalance that didn't get addressed. And what I found was women were coming back a few years later with breast cancer diagnoses and osteoporosis diagnoses and all of these other sequelae from these hormone imbalances that didn't get addressed because we just covered up the symptoms by getting rid of them. We didn't actually fix the problem. And so that's the biggest difference. If you want to actually get your body back into homeostasis and function the way God created it to function, then you want to find a functional gynecologist because you are really prolonging the inevitable when you're using these band-aid approaches, but you're also probably contributing to new 
issues. So that's the biggest thing. Why do so many women struggle with hormone imbalance? So I like to tell women, you know, a hundred years ago, there were over 2000 chemicals that did not exist. Like we made them in a lab 70 ish years ago to create plastics, you know, Tupperware came out. That was amazing. We had these hard plastic dishes. You could reuse them. They were easy to transport. Then scientists started playing with those plastics and making them flexible and soft and you know, pliable. And all of these chemicals, thousands of chemicals later, they just have engulfed our environment. You know, I I read this study recently that they took the sand from a beach that like no human being has ever been on. And they analyzed the sand and it was like 70% plastic. It, It just blew my mind that our earth is that covered in plastic at this point. And all of those plastics act like xenoestrogens. They are fake hormones. So they get into our system. We melt them into our food. We drink them in our water supply. We rub them on with creams and hair stuff. We breathe them in with all our fragrances and air fresheners. So our body is constantly bombarded by all these thousands of chemicals. And our great grandmothers never had to deal with that when they were our age. And that is a huge contributing factor to why we have so many hormone imbalances, because these chemicals bind to the receptors of our hormones and send warped signals. Like they think the body thinks it's some form of estrogen when it's really not. It's this man-made chemical that never existed in nature before. And so that's a huge driving factor. The other piece is that women are more successful than ever before. You know, like two generations, three generations ago, women were on the porch knitting when they were in their 50s. Now you got women, they're the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. They're running huge businesses. They're, you know, doing their families. They're coaching athletics. They're like, in the prime of their life. They want to go have cocktails with their girlfriends and look amazing for their men. And so we're doing it all. We're trying to have it all and be it all. And that amount of stress really is not conducive to a reproductive female. I mean, I I hate to say it, but at the bare bones, we were made to reproduce. That's how our bodies function, you know, is to have a cycle to carry a baby every month. And when you live a crazy stressed out life from dusk till dawn every day, you are stressing those sex hormones in a way that our bodies weren't created to endure. And so you have this culmination and I could go on top of that, the alcohol consumption, the past two years, especially women are drinking more than they ever have in history. Like it is now standard to have a drink or two or five every night. I deserve it. I worked hard. I'm stressed out. I can't sleep. You know, they have all the reasons I get it. But every time that your liver has to metabolize that alcohol, it can't metabolize your estrogens and your hormones. So those get put on the back burner because your body always wants to take care of exogenous stuff first, things from the outside world. So it will always metabolize alcohol. 
and sugars and all the other garbage and the plastics before it gets to your natural hormones. And so what happens is your body just keeps reusing those hormones and your estrogen levels start to rise and your hormones get super imbalanced. And so we as women, I mean, I'm not saying we should be knitting on the porch, but I'm saying we need to accept the reality that we are living in a way that we haven't for thousands of years. And we now have the ramifications of all these hormone imbalances. And it's not just like the past 70 years. I will say when I went to medical school, it wasn't even like this 20 some years ago. It's, it's increased that much in that short of time, you know, fibroids and endometriosis were like something cool and unusual. When I was a medical student, I was like, so excited to see that. And now it's like, everybody's got it, you know, because of these, this diet, this lifestyle, the way that we live nowadays and these environmental toxins. And, and so let's, we, let's say we do have a hormone imbalance. Um, what's the difference between the way that a conventional gynecologist is going to treat this and then how a functional gynecologist is going to treat this? What does that look like? Oh my goodness. So I wasn't even trained that hormone imbalances existed. I had never heard of estrogen dominance. You know, I understood that you have cycles you have perimenopause, which is about two years before actual menopause, where your hormones start to fluctuate a little, and then you stop making hormones and that's menopause. Like that's the gist of it. We don't test your hormones unless we're talking about infertility and we need to give you medication to induce ovulation. Then we will test hormones. But I didn't really learn to look for hormone imbalances. It wasn't really ingrained in us that you needed progesterone to balance estrogen. It was always thought, you know, and it, this is still standard of care today is that if you have a hysterectomy, you have your ovaries removed, they will talk about hormone replacement and they will give you estrogen after they go through all the risks, but they won't give you progesterone. And the problem with that, we are trained to be, we're told that progesterone only protects the uterus from excess estrogen, unopposed estrogen, they call it. Unfortunately, we have receptors for these hormones throughout our whole body. And so unopposed estrogen doesn't feel good in our brain either, or <laughs> in our cardiovascular system or anywhere. And so now we finally understand that you need to have hormones in balance because Estrogen is a growth hormone. It makes things grow. It causes the lining in your uterus to grow every month. And then you bleed and shut it off as a period. It causes your breasts to grow. It causes the fat on your hips to grow because it's thinking you're going to carry a life. Progesterone comes in and keeps that in check. So it doesn't overgrow. And without that progesterone to keep it in check, you get a major imbalance. You know, the same thing happens with our androgens, our testosterone, our DHEA, things like that. And so now we're seeing so many women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, where they have too many estrogen or androgens, not enough estrogen and progesterone with insulin resistance and 
like all of these hormone imbalances we're seeing at a younger and younger and younger age. And unfortunately, conventional gynecologists answer is the birth control pill. So you were just on my podcast. We talked about medications cause osteoporosis. Birth control pills are one of those, especially only synthetic progestins. Like if you're getting a progestin without an estrogen, the depo shot, the nexplanon rod, those types of things, you are going to cause bone loss. And we're not addressing these hormone imbalances. We're just trying to cover them up. And that's simply just not acceptable in my book. I mean, you are touching on so many things that I, <laughs> I bet women knew earlier in their lives too, right? Because this is not something that is always just presented when you're you know, later in life in your, or in your forties or your fifties or something like that, you have to make some of these decisions earlier on in a lot of cases too. Um, what yeah. is, you, you touched on estrogen dominance. What is estrogen dominance for those who aren't, aren't familiar? So this has become really common in women. I would say age 30, 35 up to about 50, 55. It's what happens when you have too much estrogen relative to progesterone? So like I said, you want those in balance, but what happens is if you are too stressed, you're making too much cortisol, your stress hormone, you make less progesterone. It actually uses progesterone as an ingredient to make cortisol. So your progesterone drops. You naturally ovulate less frequently as you age, you run out of eggs essentially. And so if you don't ovulate that month, your ovary doesn't make progesterone. So then it's declined that way. And then you have those xenoestrogens elevating your estrogen receptor signals. And then you're drinking too much alcohol. So your liver isn't metabolizing your estrogen and you're recirculating it that way. And then the cool thing or not so cool thing is the bacteria in your gut determine whether or not you recirculate your estrogens. So there are bacteria in your gut that will produce an enzyme called beta glucuronidase and your liver worked so hard to put that garbage tag on that estrogen to clear and get it out of your system. Those bacteria will actually cut the garbage tag off and cause you to reabsorb that estrogen and cause estrogen dominance from your gut dysbiosis, from your bad bacteria. And then if you're constipated, then it gives your bowels even more time to do that reabsorption. So that's a very common scenario I see in women in their 40s is they're constipated. Maybe their thyroid is struggling or their diet is off or they're too stressed. And they have the wrong bacteria living in there. They're drinking alcohol. They're taking Tylenol PM to help them sleep or different medications, stressing out the liver. They're, you know, heating their food up in plastic because they're all in a hurry and it's convenient and easy to do. And they're drinking alcohol at night and then they're not ovulating consistently and their progesterone is low. It's like the perfect storm for this estrogen dominance picture. And then what it looks like is heavier periods, longer periods, severe PMS, headaches before their periods irritability, like having no tolerance for their partner, wanting to bite their heads off, not sleeping well, gaining weight in the middle. I mean, the list goes on and on breast tenderness. And 
you go to your gynecologist and they just treat the symptom. It's like, here, we got 15 minutes. Let's give you an antidepressant for your mood. Let's give you an ablation or hysterectomy for your period problem. Um, you know, and it's just trying to get rid of those symptoms, but that estrogen dominance is continuing in the background and you're not realizing it. And that's feeding breast tissue and increasing your risk of breast cancer and everything else. And so I feel like conventional gynecology is not only failing women, but we're harming women. We're contributing to the problem and it's time to wake up. And I, I bet there are a lot of women listening to this again, like I just said, that are like, gosh, I wish I wish I'd have known this, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. I, bet, I know, right? No. And, and a lot of us are like that with our own health journeys and things like that. We, you know, hindsight is a lot better than yes. you know, right now, but they may also have kids and daughters and things like that, that are right in this age range and maybe at these critical decision points especially let's even just uh, for birth control, for example, like maybe at that critical decision point, um, can you just talk about the, the birth control aspect of this a little bit? What are the risks, the consequences? Yeah. We talked about bone loss being something that can contribute to this, but, um, and, and what happens if you start and try to come off and all that, can we just talk about that for a minute? Yeah. It's so important because unfortunately I used to hand out birth control pills every day to teenagers. And I didn't think twice about it because the American college of OBGYNs and the national menopause society, like that's the recommendation you give teenagers birth control for their acne and their irregular periods and their PMS and all their problems. And unfortunately what you're doing is they have a very immature HPO access. So your brain, your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland, and your ovaries are in constant communication. They make hormones and they talk to each other back and forth. And when you just go into puberty, that communication isn't the best. It's like talking to a teenager, right? Like it doesn't always come out clear, make any sense. And so that HPO access is trying to develop communication. And what we do is we go and we stop that communication with those synthetic birth control pills. And so the HPO axis never has a chance to even develop properly or, you know, do what it's supposed to do. And so you're not really fixing the problem. And birth control pills cause you to not absorb your vitamins and minerals. It causes vitamin B deficiencies, magnesium deficiencies. It causes gut dysbiosis. It changes the bacteria that live in your gut. It actually change, changes who you're attracted to. There was a study that showed that women on birth control pick a different type of partner. And when they went off the pill, they no longer liked that partner. Like this was a huge study. I can give you the thing to put in your show notes if you want, because it's kind of a big deal. Like it changes the man that you're attracted to. It's that huge of an impact on your life. So you put girls on birth control pills for acne, irregular periods, whatever. And then they try to come off of it 10, 15 years later to have a baby and that HPO axis never knew what it, how to communicate. And now it's supposed to communicate and create a cycle and ovulate and have a baby. None of that works. A lot of the time women come off and they either don't have a period or it's super irregular. And so they 
fertility issues are a major concern at this point. And like I said, it drives leaky gut and gut dysbiosis and, you know, leads to osteoporosis and all these other things. So we're setting up our teenage girls for health issues down the road. It also um, increases your risk of developing an autoimmune condition if you have that genetic propensity. So we're really not doing girls any favors. What we should be doing is helping them get in tune with their body and embrace the idea that they have control over how they feel and how their cycle goes every month and teach them when is the time during the month that they're going to have the most energy and they should be doing their high cardio stuff and all their activities and when should they be like resting and restoring and loving on themselves and doing the inner work and it all comes down to diet and lifestyle. Teenage girls cannot eat garbage. They, they, you know, they're eating way too much gluten and dairy and sugar. And those are all very highly processed, highly inflammatory foods that that's why they have acne. That's why they have mood swings and all of these imbalances. It's because of the life they're living and the food they're eating. So really taking the birth control pill is just masking all of that. And when they come off it, then they have to go to the infertility doctor. And it's just, it's very sad, the, the path that we've gone down for women. Well, thanks for walking through that and exploring that too. Uh, you know, this is something that's important to me because, you know, I have a young daughter. Also, I mean, she's not at the point of being a teenager uh, yet, but this is something that I've already you know, thought about and is, is obviously important for me. So this is, thanks for sharing that. That's really important. Um, and then in terms of, so let's, let's say we come back and um, what, what are some of the ways that you're, you're helping people understand their current hormone picture? So we were talking about mm-hmm. estrogen dominance and you know, the different ways that a functional gynecologist will approach things versus a, uh, a conventional gynecologist. How, what does that approach look like? Let's say something comes back. Oh my gosh. So this is the best part. You can actually test hormones. So as a gynecologist, I was trained not to test that stuff because we didn't really understand how to interpret the levels because your hormones are pulsatile. They change from morning to afternoon. They change every day, depending on what part of your cycle you're in. But we actually do know how to interpret those. It's just not in conventional gynecology. We know how to in functional medicine and integrative medicine. So there is a way to see these hormone imbalances and you cannot go by the standard lab values that are on like a blood test, if you go to LabCorp or to your local hospital, they'll give you a range of estrogen that's like 15 to 800. And if you're in this range, you're quote unquote normal. (laughs) So it's very much conventional medicine is looking for disease. They want to find a disease, diagnose you with that. Whereas we're looking for imbalances, we're looking for optimal health and homeostasis. So when I see a patient one-on-one, I love looking at gut health. I love doing stool testing to see exactly what's living in there, what's running the show, what needs to be killed off, what needs to be supportive. Are you making your digestive enzymes? Are you making too much of that beta-glucuronidase enzyme we were talking about that affects your hormones? 
what's your immune system doing at the lining of your gut? Is it causing major inflammation throughout your body? I love doing adrenal testing to look at a 24 hour cortisol pattern because women, we are all living this crazy life together. So we all think it's normal and that we're all handling great and amazing, and it's not having any physiologic consequences. So I like to show women the data. Well, this is what your body says. And that can be really empowering for women to see that data on paper, like, oh, my, my four hours of sleep and my five hours of jazzercise isn't healthy for me. No, it's not. So I love to do that. And then I love to do not only hormone testing, but hormone metabolite testing. So this is really helpful for women to know is like, most doctors will order blood work to look at your hormones. They'll get a, you know, what's in your blood, what's in your serum. And those levels are what you produced that day. Those are the amounts that you see. But what it doesn't tell you is what your body's doing with those hormones. And that can be really key for estrogen because we don't have one type of estrogen. We actually have three main types of estrogen and they get metabolized on different pathways. And depending on which pathway they go down determines whether or not you recirculate them or get them removed through the liver into the gut or go on to develop a form called 4-hydroxyestrone, which increases your risk of breast and uterine cancer. So you can actually do urine and saliva testing to look at these metabolites and see how your body is metabolizing your hormones. That is so much more important than just getting a level. So if I get a level of estrogen and it's 120, that tells me she's reproductive. Like she's probably 20 to 45 years old and her ovaries are working. It doesn't tell me anything what the body's doing with that, what type of estrogen it is, how it's metabolizing it. There's so much more information. And the cool thing is we can intervene and shift those pathways. So if you're metabolizing down the wrong pathway, we can shift it and send it down the other pathway. So this data is super empowering and helpful for women to get back into balance. That's amazing. And I love, I love that you've, uh, you've been able to clearly share with our audience, you know, exactly what that looks like in terms of you're, you're going to go get labs. Those labs are going to have really wide ranges if you fall within that range, it doesn't always mean that it's normal. There could <laughs> still be something that has to be addressed. A lot of times there is. So that's that's really important. And uh, I know we're, we're almost at our time here, but I do want to get an understanding. You, you've kind of shared that, you know, especially you starting out in a si situation where you were seeing patients in the hospital, you really understand the perspective of being a surgeon and a physician. And now you're seeing this other side, this functional medicine side too. What's, are, are there things or lessons that you wish you would have learned back in residency that you, that you now know? Yeah, I think we need to listen to our patients and we need to teach them how to listen to themselves. We've lost our intuition as women. Like God has given women intuition to know what's going to happen and what's going on in their bodies. And we have been taught as a society, as a society, 
how to dampen all of that, how to ignore it and turn it off. Like as soon as we start having periods as young girls, we're supposed to be embarrassed and ashamed and like hide it and cover it up, get rid of it. You know, I remember when I first finished residency, Seasonique was a super popular birth control. And that was, you have a period every three months. So only four times a year because periods are a nuisance and you shouldn't have to deal with that. You know, it's, that is the mentality of this society is don't even listen to your body, just cover up all the symptoms and, and move on with your day. And really we should be teaching girls and women to get totally in tune with what their body's saying to them. Your body's just trying to tell you things, you know, the same with the gut issues. If you're not tolerating foods or you're feeling tired or you're finding you want to nap during the day, like figure out why that's going on seriously. Or for you, like you had bone loss. A lot of women get told, oh, you have thinning bones. Nobody stops to say, why, why is that happening? Let's look back five or 10 steps. Let's look throughout your life and see what's been going on. It's like, oh, here's the medication to cover it up. And so I would just, I wish I would have been able to come from this perspective back then, but once you know better, you do better. Right. And so I just would encourage women to not beat themselves up because they haven't done right. Or they were on birth control. Like I'm all for birth control. That's how I got through college without another baby. You know, I probably wouldn't have become a physician, but I wouldn't have been on it for as long as I was. And I would have appreciated knowing that it was going to contribute to my autoimmune condition and my gut issues and all these other things. Cause then maybe I could have done something differently. So I just want women to speak up for themselves and really be their own health advocate and know that even though your doctor might be well-meaning and the nicest person ever, they don't have all the answers. And if they act like they have all the answers, you should probably find a new doctor. (laughs) That's my key. Like we're all continuing to learn. We should be lifelong learners. We know literally about this much, probably 1% of all of our understanding of the human body and medicine. And let's just be honest and humble and real about that. We don't know everything. And so I would just encourage women like be your own health advocate, ask why, just keep asking why, and don't take the first response or treatment at face value. Oh, you're speaking my language, totally <laughs> speaking my language. Uh, and you are so, you are so right. Uh, I think the more you know, the less, uh, the more you realize, the less you know. Yes. Right? Yeah. So uh, this has been amazing. I've absolutely loved this conversation. And I want to make sure our audience knows, you know, if if they want to head over to see where they can find you and also even their their daughters or other people that they know, I think this would be great for them to listen to. Uh, where can they find you at? Yeah. So you can go to my website, drtabitha.com. It's three A's, no I's. You can listen to the Gutsy Gynecologist show where I talk about a lot of this stuff. Um, or you can check out my ebook, How to Balance Your Hormones Naturally. I think that is a good starting point for every woman. Like, just get the basic foundational stuff down, and that's going to balance your hormones probably 40 to 60% of the time, right there. 
Good stuff. I love that. And we're going to take all those resources you mentioned. We're going to put those in the show notes for everybody watching and listening. And you can find all the resources, show notes, everything we talked about here today over at bonecoach.com forward slash Dr. Tabitha, functional gynecologist. I want to thank you again so much for your time, Dr. Tabitha, and for everyone listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, it's Bone Coach Kevin Ellis. Hope you found that episode helpful and that you enjoyed it. Just one last reminder, if you haven't done so already, head over to bonecoach.com, sign up for your free seven-day osteoporosis kickstart. It's gonna tell you everything you need to do to start getting on the path to improvement. Hope you found this helpful. I'm your Bone Coach Kevin Ellis. I'll see you soon.